Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. Let's continue with Dante's Paradiso, Canto 13. Imagine whoever would well understand that I now saw and retain the image while I speak firm as a rock. Fifteen stars that enliven the sky in several places and with such serene light as to overcome all compass of the air. Imagine that wane nested in the breast of our sky both night and day so that at the wheeling of the shaft it comes forth no less. Imagine the mouth of that horn that commences on the point of the axle on which the first wheel goes around. Imagine these have made two signs of themselves in the heavens, as the daughter of Minos made in the hour she sensed the chill of death, and the one had its rays in the other, and together the two turned in such manner as if the one had come at first and then the other. And he will have what's as the shadow of the true constellation and of the double dance that circled the point where I was. Since what we're accustomed to is as far from this as the motion of the Kiana from the movement of the heaven in advance of all the others. There they sang not Bacchus, not Paean, but three persons in one divine nature, and in one person the essence and the human. The song and the wheeling completed its measure, and these saintly lights attended to us, rejoicing from care to care. After that, the light in whom I'd heard the marvelous life of the poor man of God broke the silence of the numinous conclave, and said, When the straw sheaf is threshed, when its seed is all stored away, sweet love invites me to beat the other. You believe that in the breast whence the rib was drawn to form the lovely cheeks whose palate cost all the world, and in that which, bored by the lance, so satisfied what had been first and yet would be, that it overcomes all fault in the balance. However much human nature is allowed to have of the light, all was infused of that power which made the one and the other. Therefore you wonder at that I said above, when I explained that the good that's enclosed in the fifth light has had no second. Now open your eyes to that which I'll respond, and you'll see your belief and my speech become as the center in the round of truth. That which does not die, and that which must die, are nothing if not the splendor of that idea that our sire, loving, bears to birth. For that vivid light that so pours from its own shining that it is not distinguished from it, nor from the love that is, with them, triune, through its goodness assembles its radiance as though mirrored in nine subsistences, eternally remaining one. Thus it descends to the least potencies, down from act to act, becoming such that it causes no more than brief contingencies. And I understand these contingencies to be the things generated, which the moving heaven produces with seed and without seed. Their wax and the one who shapes it are not of one kind, and so below the seal of the idea it shines more and less. Thus it comes to be that the same sort of tree, according to species, produces better and worse fruit, and you are born with different degrees of genius. If at one point the wax were perfectly gathered and the heaven was in its supreme power, the light of the seal would all appear. But nature ever abates there, laboring in the way of the artist who holds a trembling hand to the habit of his art. But if the hot love disposes and seals the clear sight of the prime power, all perfections acquired there. Thus was the earth made already worthy of all the animal perfection. Thus was the virgin made pregnant. So that I commend your opinion that human nature never was nor will be what was in those two persons. 
Now, if I should proceed no further, your words should commence. So how was that one without equal? But that that might well appear which doesn't yet. Think who he was and the reason that moved him when he was told, Request to ask. I have not spoken such that you're not able to see well that he was a king who requested sense that he might be made a fitting king. Not to know the number of those movers in the heaven here above, or if necesse with a contingent ever made necesse, not si est dare primum motum esse, nor if from half a circle a triangle may be made such that it has no right angle. From which, if you note this and that which I said, regal prudence is that unequaled scene in which the shaft of my intention strikes. And if you direct clear eyes to the surged, you'll see it was solely with respect to kings who are many and the good ones rare. Take my speech with this distinction, and so it can stand with that you believe of the first father and of our delight. And let this ever be led to your feet, to make you as slow as a worn man to move to yes or to no if you don't see each. For he is well in the depth of the fools who affirms or denies without distinction in the one place or the other. For it many times occurs that the quick opinion leads one to the false part, and then the affection binds the intellect. He who departs from the shore does so in vain, and whoever fishes for the truth and has not the art does not return as he was when he moved off. And Parmenides, Melissus, and Bryson, and many others who set off without knowing where spread proofs of this before the world. Such were Sibelius and Arius, and those idiots for whom the scriptures were as a sword in rendering back plain faces distorted. Let the people still not be too secure in judgment, just as those who count the blades in the field before they've matured. For I have seen the blackthorn show itself first rigid and rough all the winter, and later bear the rose upon its crown. And once I saw a bark course straight and swift all its passage upon the sea, to perish at the end at the mouth of the harbor. Let Lady Bertha and Sir Martin not believe, for seeing one rob, the other offer up, that they see them within the divine council, for the one may rise and the other fall. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Paradise, Canto 14.